Welcome, traveler. You have entered the realm of adventure. Prepare yourself for tales from Beyond the Dice. Beyond the Dice is a Dungeons & Dragons 5th edition actual play podcast set in a cyberpunk city called New Etika. I'm your Dungeon Master Luke, and your players are... Ben, I'm playing Cortain, a level 1 fighter. Jeff, I play Gage, level 1 wizard. Peter, I'm playing Spigs, Spigston, level 1 artificer. And Trav, playing Little Moss. Level 1 monk. And yeah, I'm a level 1 monk. <laughs> Alright, cool. So, uh, everyone is, besides me, because I don't do this shit, I'm above that, can roll um, to see who tells us what happened last time on Beyond the Dice. T100? <laughs> nah, nah, not a D100. Only when you do sanity rolls. Moss, 17. I rolled an 8. 13. Cortain, 13. It's like tradition that we have to roll the same amount. <laughs> yeah, I think it is. What did Peter well, get? I got an eight. An eight? <laughs> yes, I did get the lowest. Alright, you did get the lowest. So, um, Peter, what happened last time? Last time on Beyond the Dice, we had our mercs uh, in a vehicle chase by some unknown assailants, then stopped them as a bugbear jumped out of a garbage truck uh, trying to steal their goods. We had our first blood as Moss slid under the bugbear's legs, punching him square in the gonads. And we finished off the fight, uh, knocking out the bugbear. Then afterwards, Spigs went on to check the goods in the van. And as he opened the back of the van, he was shot um, with an arrow pinning him to, to his chest. And he collapsed as a woman stepped out all in leather and told them to continue on to the drop zone. They eventually make it to the drop zone and they deliver the goods to some pretty harsh uh, almost failure of the mission until they handed over the bugbear. building. This building has apartments above it and it looks like an old shop sits at the foot at the base of this building. Cortain, you have taken the party members to a safe house of the Order of the Aegis on the outskirts of Darkhaven, closer to Lower Etica. You have left them in the care of some of your old comrades, one of them being Vastum, who you were glad to see as he has patched up many wounds many times. So you leave them there in the safe house while you take your car to be repaired. Vastum tells you it's going to be a few days before he can have uh, the rest of your party up to scratch, healed and ready to move out. Spigs, you wake up. Above you, you see these wooden slats in this sort of early morning light punching through the cracks in boards that are sitting over windows. You look out across the room and you see five sets of bunks. Two tables which sit at different heights in the centre of the room, surrounded by random chairs. Over by the wall there are cabinets and lockers. 
two couches, one a dusty brown colour, the other a sky blue, are sitting in front of an old TV. There are uh, shelves with books and medical apparatus, ammo boxes, and random bits and pieces sitting on them. The walls, which are the same dark red stone brick, are covered in scratches and etchings. Next to you, you read a few code names and um, and a few little pictures of, you know, stick figures and that sort of thing. It seems like people have spent quite a bit of time laying in these bunks over the years. You sort of sit up on your bed, your chest is a little sore, and off in the corner you can see Little Moss. He's sitting on the uh, the blue couch, watching TV and eating something. You see the TV show is uh, a pretty popular one at the moment in the meta of New Etika. It's called Detective Lurga. And it's about a detective who is a goblin who doesn't just fight crime, he fights discrimination. So the gauze on your chest pinches. It's a little little sore. Um, now you look across the room and you're feeling a little bit hazy and you see a figure sitting on a chair next to one of the bunks. He's holding his hand out over Gage. A sky blue light is radiating from his hands and he notices you looking at him. He nods and says, Ah, Spigs, are you feeling well? Uh, Spigs looks down uh, at his chest and puts a hand there where the, the wound was. Feeling, Ah, uh, I think so. Did you... Uh, patch me up? <laughs> I certainly did, Spigs. I certainly did. Cortine brought you guys in here and he asked me to help you out. And that's what we do. We help people. Uh, I, don't, I don't remember much. Where, where, where are we? Who, who are you? My name... <clears throat> my name is Vastum. He stands. You see a muscled man. He has a cybernetic arm. It looks uh, fairly old. And it's wrapped in cloth tape to protect sections of exposed machine. He has a white-streaked black beard and a shaved head. He has green augmented eyes that sort of uh, slightly glow, and he's wearing a white t-shirt beneath a light blue medical apron. There are tools and uh, utensils and all these sort of bits and pieces sticking from the pockets, sticking out from the pockets of the apron, um, and a huge pistol rests on his hip. He walks over, he sort of pokes around the chest and he says, it looks like that it's uh, it's healing well. Yeah, thanks for the, the help, Varden. Uh, but wh- where are we? I don't remember much. Here in Darkhaven, my friend. And uh, my name's Vastom. Oh, Vastom. Sorry. This is a, a safe house. The Order of the Aegis set them up to help people in need whoever needs the help can come here and they will get what they need whether it's food protection healing anything just a quick uh, side note yep do does everyone know who the order of the ages is is it a well-known order or is it sort of more secretive no no it's it's uh, fairly well known known amongst the people who live in dark haven um they're like the protectors of dark haven yeah uh Boston, uh the Order of the Aegis, oh, yes, they've done some good work around here. Um, do the rest of the, I see, uh, rest of us have got here, where's, uh, Cortain? Cortain uh, has, has left. He's, uh, he's left you in my care while you are healing. He is, I think he said he's going to fix his car. 
his jeep. Oh, dude, do you remember someone smashing the window of it? We were in that fight. That'll happen to mercenaries. His car has more parts that have been replaced than the original. Anyway, I've, I've, look, I've got to get back to your friend here. His, uh, bullet wounds were pretty, pretty deep and fatal. He's on the mend, but if I don't keep attending to him, he may just slip into the abyss. <laughs> uh, he'll be right. And then he walks back over to Gage, sits back down on the chair, and, um, little Moss, you hear those two talking, and, um, you look say over the couch you see that Spigs is finally awake um what are you eating and what do you do i am eating cereal and even though Spigs is awake i ignore him completely and keep watching detective luger <laughs> awesome so the episode is about a young bugbear that is you know tied to luger in some sort of way he's you know it's his say it's luger's younger brother's best friend and he's caught up in some gang trouble and um you know a gang member is killed and this boy this young bugbear is sort of a a suspect and he won't talk at the moment detective Lurga is saying you know you've got to talk it's our kind that are, th- are flattened on the street and disrespected if you uh share us some information i may just be able to get you out of this one tongo <laughs> bugbears can never trust bugbears you um you just sit there and watch the tv what do you what do you want to do yeah nah i'm good it's just like it's too it's it's captivating viewing all right cool so spigs um you you're just sitting in your bed and around the corner walks this little goblin she has olive green skin, pointy ears, and large stretched earlobes. Her hair is styled as a black bob, and she has a septum piercing. She's wearing a light blue apron um, and uh, some like a purple crew neck jumper and uh, jeans. She stands to about four foot tall. She walks over to you, and um, she says, I just have to... Uh, check your wound, apply an ointment, and uh, then I'll bring you some food, okay? Uh, okay. Uh, how, how many are there uh, of, of your order here? Uh, in this safe house, there are the three of us at the moment. Uh, I... Uh, I'm, I'm Danusi, by the way. And she, like, she goes to shake your hand. Uh, uh, Spigs, Spigston. Uh, nice, nice to meet you, Spigs. Um, I'll, I'll, I won't be too long and she peels up the the gauze on your chest and um she pulls out this little jar twists the top off scoops out this light pink ointment and she um gingerly dabs it on your wound and the surrounding area it hurts a little bit and she gets some extra tape she says i'm sorry we had to uh we had to Shave your chest. It's quite hairy and the tape wasn't sticking down. And she tapes it back down. Don't worry, it'll, it'll grow back in a week. <laughs> yeah, I can see that your uh, your beard has grown a few inches in the, uh, the day that you've been here. She leaves through a door into what you can see is like a kitchen area. You hear some noise 
And about 10 minutes later, she comes back with like a, a toasted cheese sandwich uh, and, a, and a glass of juice, orange juice. And she puts them down on a small table that's next to your bunk and says, Speakers, I want you to eat this and then I want you to rest. You still need to heal. Luckily, that arrow wasn't barbed, but it, um, it did crack your sternum. Uh, I'm feeling a little bit weak, but uh, thanks, thanks for the heal and uh, the mend and the food. It tastes... Oh. Hey, hey, keep it down. I'm watching my stories. <laughs> Not my stories. Is that you, little boss? Yeah, I've been here the whole time. Should have some of this cheese sandwich. So good. Oh, yeah. Oh, delicious. A cheese sandwich. It's toasted. Uh, uh, I'm just gonna. I'm actually feeling pretty good at the moment. Uh, hold, hold on. And then Speaks gets up. A uh, bit of sharp pain to his chest. Yeah, a, uh, a, a pretty, a pretty dark, a pretty deep sharp pain. Um, like in your in your chest area. Oh, uh, may, maybe not. Uh, I think I'll lie down for a bit longer. Yes, Spigs, sit down, lay down. You can see the TV from there, it's fine. And she, um, she sort of, um, gets back to what she was doing. She's collecting some, uh, some medical gear, packing it into a, um, like a, like a big med kit box. Cortain? just parked your car in the driveway of the car repair garage that you always use. Today, the streets are pretty busy. Some people who recognize you, you know, not many of them, but you know, some, smile and nod as they pass because this is, uh, this is pretty close to where you grew up as a kid. And it's just a, a few blocks away. Yeah. Sitting in the car at Brighthammer Repairs and it looks the same as it always has large painted sign showing a shining hammer in front of a spoked car wheel there are jerry cans oil drums junk and car parts sitting out in piles around the front of the shop and amongst that mess is tolgan tolgan Brighthammer. he's an older dwarf with a white beard that reaches down over his pot belly though it gets a bit darker as it stretches down stained by oil and grease from over the years. He's wearing red overalls, big brown boots, and a trucker hat that says, fix him up, with an exclamation mark. It has a pin-up mm. elf with a ratchet over a shoulder. He's sitting in an old sunken armchair, working away at a small engine, and he notices you as you step out of the vehicle. Oi, do you have a permit to park here? No? Well, it's going to fucking cost you 60 chips or 60 credits for the day. <laughs> he winks. He throws the motor, crashing down on a takeaway cup, sending cola spilling all over the cement. How many bloody times do I have to patch this beast up? You know, I would have never sold it to you if I knew you'd get it shut up every few months. <laughs> you shouldn't have told me it had insurance for life, Tolgan. Well... I kind of said that she'll last you your whole life because I expected you to only live for a few months. <laughs> <laughs> well, it seems that you made a poor decision. I certainly did, my friend. So, uh, you got a new crew, looks like. As he sees, um, he looks through and sees blood on uh, one of the seats. Oh, crew. More like, more like childcare, that was. Childcare? 
<laughs> well, uh, this kind of reminds me of something. You know, your uh, little sister came around here looking for a job the other day. Um, but uh, oh, yeah? I don't really have any work for her, Cortain. I'd love to take her on, but I took a few on a few months back. And he uh, points his head towards two workers busy at work on a uh, on a car. Ah, that's right. The family doesn't necessarily need the work. I, I look after them. But if she wants a job, then that's her prerogative. Yeah, well, she told me that uh, you said that you ordered her that if she was to get a job, that it had to be safe and keep her out of trouble. But, you know, <laughs> she's smart. She's smarter than us. Yeah. Uh, she ought to be doing something with those brains. Much smarter. I mean... I know that she'll be safe no matter what. It was more for her employer. If she gets into something shady, then it's more a danger to her, to her workers and her employers than it is to her. Yeah, I guess so. But, uh, you know. Anyone touches her, gonna have to talk to me. And me. <laughs> uh, <laughs> anyway, caught. Um, he walks over to the Jeep, patting the hood. So, she looks like she needs a new windscreen. I'll give her a tune-up. Uh, anything else? Um, no, I think that, I think that's it. But you know that, uh, that protective film that you put on the outside of the windscreen? Yes. Can you put that on the inside as well? Because these, these idiots, he kicks through my own windscreen to get a shot through. <laughs> oh, I will do. I will do, my friend. Um, now, just, uh, come here, follow me. He walks back towards the garage. Now I'll have uh, I'll have it done in a few days. Come back then. Actually, I'll give you a call. In the meanwhile, here, and he throws you some keys. Nice. The loaner car? Not quite. That one's out at the moment. Now oh. it's quick. It's beefy. Excuse the pun. And he points uh, to a cruiser motorbike. It's an old iron-tied Torin chopper. Uh, there's some rusted bits on it and scratches, and there are um, random sort of parts on it. Um, the front of the bike has a large silver bullhead with horns that curve up with the handlebars. In its mouth rests a lone headlight. It's me son's, but since he's out setting up the waste races, he ain't around for a few weeks. So it's yours. Yeah, how's how's he been? Yeah, he's going he's going pretty good. He's been setting up walls and barriers out there in the wastelands. There's a, a big event of the big uh, race wars event coming up in um, in a couple weeks. Those savages give him any problems? Uh, the guardians are out there. They've got a got a pretty good protection going. But you know, the savages, those those fucking raiders, they'll uh, they're always always hassling. Yeah, hassle anything that moves those lot. That's it. And talking about hassling, don't get my son's bike blown up or shot to pieces. I'll do my best, but you know that's not a guarantee that I can keep. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I know. I got you, Cortain. I got you. And he, uh, he pats you on the back and he's like, well, I better get this, uh, this beastie all fixed up. And he walks okay. towards your van. Um, Thank you, Tolgan. And he says, no worries, Cortain. I'll see you later. Okay, well, I'll leave um, in my Jeep. I'll leave my, like, heavy ordnance, my LMG, but I'll take my, my, norm my normal stuff, so my shotgun my sword, my pistol, I'll strap the sword to like the, the, the left side of the, of the motorbike so it's still accessible. Gage. You wake up. 
does a massive pain in your chest and shoulder. But it's nowhere near as bad as it was when you last were conscious. The room is dark and there is an oil lantern lit on one of the tables in the center of the room. You see on the couch this big figure, Little Moss, asleep in front of the TV. The volume is very low, but you can see some old kung fu movies playing on it. You feel a little dizzy and you feel like you might need a pee. As you look around the room, you can see that Spigs is sleeping on a bunk across from you. And so are some other people in two other bunks. Suddenly, a woman walks in the room. Seeing you awake, she acknowledges you with a nod and she turns, walks into the kitchen. You hear a fridge door open, the clinking of bottles, the door closes, and she walks back out with two beers. She strides over to the bunk. She cracks a cold one, passing it to you, and whispers, You look like you need it. A beer and a bath, I guess. She laughs. Yeah, definitely feel like I need it too. <laughs> to her, he kind of like has, has a look at the beer bottle, and then... um. And then, like, motions forward to, like, clink drinks. She, uh, she cheers you. And she says, Oh, don't tell Vastam. He'll be pissed at me. But, uh, you know, you took a few bullets, and in the order, we reward friends who survive the streets with beers. And that's a, that's a pretty good order. But who, who are you guys? We are the Order of the Aegis. Nice to meet you. I'm Scardy. Nice to meet you, Scotty. I'm Gage. Ah, also, um, just real quick, you're going to need some new clothes. There are some in the bathroom covered. Yours are covered in blood. She uh, looks down at your shirt, which is like completely open, but the whole front of it is just red. Oh, that won't, that won't be a problem. And then, um, casts, sorry, um, how, how am I feeling well enough to cast a spell? Mm, probably not. Probably not. Okay. So, all right. So he tries and, and like, see, like, he moves his shoulders a little bit to try and, like, access his own program, but it's just everything's laggy. Internal software is not really running that well. Yeah. So, and you're like, the energy that your, your body has in reserves for casting magic is pretty low. Yeah. It's like, oh, leans back on his pillow. Like, it, it won't be a problem. I just need a little bit more rest. It's fine. He takes another swig of his beer. Do you have anything stronger? Um, there's like medical alcohol in the bathroom, but otherwise they try not to keep anything more than beer around because, you know, the the denizens of Darkhaven will probably try and force their way in and steal the whiskey or the vodka or whatever we might have in here if we had it she looks really disappointed that they don't have anything stronger gage kind of like perks up the sound of whiskey and then like kind of oh okay there it is so um just just to just to describe her to you um scotty is half elf she has long red hair that's hanging loose but pulled around to the right side of her neck um, with some piercing blue eyes Uh, She has a thin tattooed line beneath her eyes, starting from one cheekbone and stretching across to the next cheekbone, uh, like a horizontal line. She wears a charcoal overcoat and you can see that hanging over her shoulder is a, um, like a sniper rifle. 
over where her left ear would be, there's a cybernetic implant made of white plastic that uh, looks like a, um, like a, like, you know, the scouters from Dragon Ball Z? It looks like that. Very similar to that. Nice. Um, Nice. She... My power level's probably only one or two right now. (laughs) Yeah. She drinks a beer and, or she, you know, continues to drink her beer and, um... She says, or she asks you, do you, do you need anything? No, no, we're fine right now. And if we can't get it, that alcohol, no, beer's fine. It's fine. It looks over. Um, where's is Cortain? Okay. How did we get here? Yeah. Well, Cortain's, Cortain's fine. He, he came, he's, he's, dropped you guys off he's left doing his thing not sure where he is um but he'll be back he said he'll be back for you guys um so um he's not dead uh, as far as i know but yeah a few days ago he was fine days how long have we been here for uh you guys have been here for two days now okay oh, it's, it's more uh, he kind of like falls asleep falls straight back to sleep he's, and his beer bottle's already empty <laughs> she um she collects the the beer bottle um places it in the kitchen and she heads back out on patrol out the front of the safe house Gage you have some dreams you're in a bathroom it's cold there's a basin the tall mirror in front of it you hang the towel close to the shower. You turn the shower on, hot. You climb in. You start to wash the blood off your hands, your face, your neck. Um, you you know wash the blood off your chest where, and your shoulder where your wounds are. You're watching the red water spiral down the drain, and you hear gunfire in the distance. You hear it getting closer. You hear an explosion. Another explosion. There's gunfire right out the door. You quickly grab the towel, wrap it around yourself. You sort of stumble out of the shower and you slip. You hit the ground. You're looking into a puddle of water from the shower. You see the dark clouds above you. And as you look up, you're in a trench. There are bullets flying overhead, explosions going off in the distance, some going off pretty close. You look around, you see the rest of your squad. They're calling to you. You can't quite hear what they're saying because your ears are ringing. You look to your right, you see uh, another contingent of soldiers as there is an explosion amongst them. Pieces of them go flying everywhere. You see men laying there with their organs slopped onto the ground. Screams, moans, and cries are coming from them. You you turn back to your squad. You need to get them moving. You pull up your rifle, slam into the side of the trench. You start yelling commands at at your squad. You look out over the edge of the trench. There are raiders, hundreds of raiders on bikes, on strange gliding machines. 
They're shooting flames, rifles, rockets, mortars. You sit there for a bit. You think about what you've just seen. You think about all of the men that have just died. You turn to your men and you have a choice. Do you tell them to retreat down the trench? Do you tell them to hold the position like you've been commanded? What do you do? We hold. You hold? Yep. Tell them. We hold. This is what we're supposed to do. This is what we're here for. If we don't succeed, we will die and more and more will die. We hold. Sir, I don't know if I can. I don't know if I can. And he's like looking at the, the mess of bodies to your right, holding his rifle clutched at his chest fear in his eyes. Gage push, puts out his hand and he grabs the rifle. His hands are flesh, not metal. No. And, um, hmm? no? No. No, okay. You, have t- you see two cybernetic arms. Two cybernetic arms. Okay, cool. Um, you see that you're wearing some incredibly heavy armors mm-hmm. and you grab the rifle. What do you do? He says, that is our enemy. We, we must hold the fire. And then he gets out his own gun and pulls himself neck like down in the trench like next to him and opens fire as well. Awesome. Um, can you roll a d20 for me? 10. Cool. You try to, um, you know, you try to get this, this soldier here to, you try to give him a little pep talk. You try to motivate him and inspire him to fight, but it doesn't quite get there. He just sits there shaking his rifle in his hands. He drops it. You turn, you begin to fire at all of these these wasteland raiders that are charging in towards you. You fire and fire and fire. As you are firing, you hear, you feel, and you see that your men are dropping like flies as the horde of these wastelanders are taking them out. You run out of ammo. Your magazine clicks, clicks, clicks three times. You throw your you throw your rifle down. You have not a lot of energy left, but if you're to die right here, right now, you're gonna give all that energy. You're gonna use the rig. You are not just a soldier, you're a commander. You're a war wizard. You stand up, the raiders can see your chest, your head. You take a step back, run, jump up the top of the trench. Holding your hands out in front of you, an energy collects in the center of your palms. You bring them together into an orb, and then you push it forward as a massive release of magic rips through the ground, tearing up stone, tearing up withered husks of trees, tearing apart the bodies and and vehicles that were sitting in front of the trench blasting into the line of raiders that are attacking your position. Gage, you wake up. <sighs> You're sweating. Your rig, your spine is tingling. What the hell was that? Is it morning? Does anyone else wake up from me waking up? Uh, it is still the middle of the night and I would like um, Spigs and Little Moss to roll a perce- maybe a perception check. I uh, rolled a 19 plus whatever my perception is. Alright. So speaks, you wake, you hear Cortain like sort of, <clears throat> not scream, but like sort of shout out 
Ah! Oh! Oh. What about <laughs> Moss? Uh, Moss rolled 14. Yeah, Moss, you wake up as well. Hey, are you alright? Oh, something happened over there. I don't know what that was. Like, it was a dream? Something else? Maybe there was a glitch in my hardware. I don't know. There was explosions and marauders and... I'd lost my other arm and I could do things, things I can't do. I, I don't know, I don't understand. Yeah, um, so that dream, it felt more real than any dream you've ever had before. Like it felt oddly disconnected in a sense as well. It was like it was you doing those things, but not you doing those things. You, it's like you couldn't... Uh, there, were, there were points where you wanted to hit that soldier and say, fire, do it, and scream out to your men, but you couldn't. Or your body, your brain, your mind decided to speak to them calmly, like there was nothing wrong, like this was just any other day. There were things in the dream that you wanted to do, but you couldn't. So, so myself, like... Um... It was more, Gage was more panicking where the person, like, the, the actual part of the mind that was in control of what was happening was a lot calmer. Yep. Something happened. I don't understand. It was me, but it, it wasn't me. Uh, don't worry, we're, we're back at Darkhaven. You're safe. Go back to sleep. Are you guys safe? Hat speaks how are you? Like, you weren't doing too well before. Uh, they, uh, they patched me up. Uh... Uh, I don't know, I checked before, but it seems it's healing. Probably be better in the morning. Is Moss not watching TV still? What? Seems he left the TV on. Is he still watching it? Not really. I I just woke up because, you know, Screamy McScreamerson over there was having a bad dream. <laughs> okay. Alright. We can talk more about it in the morning. Logs back off. You're going to go back to sleep? Yep. Yeah, cool. Alright. Wait, is there like... Is there a nurse around, or you know, healer, or? Yeah, I just rolled, and um, the two medics—they didn't—they didn't wake. <laughs> <laughs> can I like yell for one? You can go and get them. They're right. They're like a couple meters away. <sighs> so far. <laughs> um... <laughs> no, I just yell. Nurse. Nurse. All right. Hold on. Nurse! Alright, they both wake now. Okay. Hey! Hey! So, Vastam's like, hey, whoa, what do you, what? <coughs> what? You're not a nurse. Well, You're a guy. <laughs> guys can be nurses too, mate. Okay. Guy nurse. Yeah. Hey. What? Um, why am I still here? Cortain said you were to stay here until he came back to to collect you all. Uh, but but why? I'm not unwell. I'm fine. It's like I didn't get shot. I didn't get stabbed. I just kicked ass, took names, and here I am. Well, maybe that's why you're here to watch over these two. Yeah. I don't fucking know. <laughs> you woke me just to ask me that shit. You couldn't have asked me earlier when we're all awake. You're an, well, you're an asshole. Yeah, you were much nicer when you were asleep. He lays back down and pulls the cover over. Hey. He's like, I can't hey. believe this. I can't believe this. Hey. He woke me up. Hey. Just to ask me why he was hey. here. 
He can just fucking leave if he wants to. So I can go. He doesn't answer you. Hey, guy nurse. Oh my gosh. What? Hey, masculine healing person. What? Nothing. He lays back down. He pulls the cover over himself. The little, um, the little goblin, um, she's looking at you like with a a bewildered look on her face. And she like looks around at Gage and Spigs and she's just like, she mouths, what the fuck? And then she rolls back over and goes and tries to get back to sleep. And then I, um, I take, I, I turn the TV way up (laughs) so I can watch the Kung Kung. (laughs) I see it on the TV. (laughs) <laughs> oh, alright, good oh. <laughs> What a Spit oh. Spit Hey, little boss, keep keep that shit down huh? It's like I'm not the idiot that got punctured in the chest with an arrow Alright, you can't you, you can't blame me for your mistakes So it doesn't mean you can turn the TV up while we're all sleeping at night Do you, do you know, like common courtesy Danusi, the little goblin, says I agree uh, little Moss, it's not very nice of you to to create such a ruckus when these two of your friends are trying to um, trying to get well. They need their rest. Can you could you please turn the TV down? Fine. Thank you. Turn it down, sulk. You don't have to turn it off. You just turn it down. It's, let them sleep. Okay. Okay. I turn it down. She uh, roll. <laughs> she sort of rolls back over again. The next morning, Spigs, uh, you wake because your your communicator um, in your goggles um, they are it's ringing. Oh, Spigs leans over to the table next to his bed and quickly grabs his goggles. He doesn't strap them on. He just like puts them straight onto his uh, face to, and then checks his. Uh, Fear. It says, wife calling. The answer's, hello? Are you okay? Can you, oh, actually, can you say? Can you say where you are? Uh, I'm just uh, resting up. We're, uh, uh, I'm, all, I'm all good, though. Uh, nothing nothing's bad's happened. Uh, we've completed the job. We've just had to uh, hide up and rest up for a bit. Some of us, uh, not me, uh, the... Other ones have got shot up a bit. Okay, well, it's been a few days. I'm glad to hear that you're okay. I was, was, was pretty worried. We hadn't heard from you. I just I just called to see how you were, but also I, I just got a call right now that Glim, he's in trouble, and he's being held at the Brockstrip Stone Shield Security Centre. Uh, they said they're not going to charge him, but that we need to collect him ASAP. I was gonna. What? 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 I don't know. What has he done? I don't know what he's done, but um, I was gonna close up shop unless you're able to go. She sounds teary, like she's gonna start crying. Uh, Spigs tries and like jumps up, and like his surge of adrenaline kicks in, so whatever last bit of healing or pain kind of fades away. All right, Cortane, you uh, you walk in the door. You see Spigs quickly get up out of his bed. He looks a little bit worried. Um, he's, he puts his, speaks, fixes his goggles on top of his head. Um, and he's, uh, looking around. How long have, have I, have I left them here? Uh, it's been three days. Three days. 
Right, is anyone else up? Like, is it early morning and I've tried to come in without disturbing them? Um, everyone, everyone, like, everyone but Gage. Gage is still resting. Oh, Cortain. I run up to him. I'm like, oh, dude, so boring here. I can't believe you left me here for days. They wouldn't even let me watch TV. <laughs> they wouldn't let you watch TV? No. I was watching Kung Fu and then they were like, oh, turn it down. Holy fuck, Travis. <laughs> Sounds like you're in real life. <laughs> well, was was something happening at the time? They didn't want the TV on? No, no literally wait, nothing wait, the, was happening. I don't, wait, I don't care. Why, you didn't need to stay here. I dropped you off to get healing. You could have left whenever you wanted. He, what? No, the, I asked the masculine nurse... And he was like, he wanted me to me to stay here to protect them, or something. Are the rest are the other guys okay? I don't know. Are you sure he wanted you here if you were complaining about the TV the whole time? Um. Well, I didn't think I had a choice. I thought you like left me with a secret mission, but you just didn't tell me. <laughs> <laughs> like it was a secret even from me, you know. Plausible deniability. Uh, did you see the note but next to your bed that I left you? No, I must no. Wait, what does it say? Then there was no secret mission. Oh. I didn't leave you a fucking note. Oh. <laughs> Alright then. Oh man, it's good. It's good. Well, I kept them I kept them safe. Mission accomplished. Well, thank you. You you completed the mission that was a secret to everyone except for yourself. Yeah, you're welcome. Uh Spigs, what where are you off to in such a rush? Uh uh my my boy's been uh taken into custody. Uh, I gotta head off. Oh, uh, what for? Uh, I, I don't know. He's just, I just got a message from the wife. Uh, he's, he's been taken in. Well, uh, this seems like a family issue. Do you want, do you want some privacy? Uh, you know, I could use the help, but yeah, I'm, I'm gonna head off now. Okay, give us a call if, if you need us for anything. If it's just a pickup. I'll go, I'll go anything to get out of here. Alright. Alright, let's go, Spigs. Gage, you wake up because all these boys, all these, all these muscle boys, tough boys, are yelling while you're trying to sleep. Gets up, wakes, moves his arms around. Like, can he feel the inner magic? Yeah. What's going on? We're going. Uh, Spigs, Spigs and Little Mossy going out for a bit, but I don't think we all need to go. You look like you need to rest up a bit more. Yeah, but I might go. Spigs was pretty hurt as well, so I might go make sure everything's fine. I guess you guys can go then. I just have gotten back. Wait, Meta, should I go with them, Luke? <laughs> no, you do whatever you want. Sweet. You can't be like, oh yeah, all you boys get on my motorbike. <laughs> well, that's true. I'm, I'm, I'm just gonna relax. I'm gonna, I'm just gonna talk to to the guys here. I haven't seen Vastum or or Scardi for a while. Maybe we should get a Mexico. Ah, oh, no one got that. Fail. A Maxi cab. Or an Uber car? Yeah, so because we, we have Uber Bond, so I thought we could have a Maxi car. Anyway. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> oh, no, I didn't get it. Oh, man. Uh, oh, that was too... That was, that was over my intel. That was too meta. Yeah, I've got... Look, I've got a, I've got a nine intelligence in real life. <laughs> Sorry. No, it was too, it was too much. Too, no, no. <laughs> Alright. It's too good. How do we... Yeah, because we're going to get back to our cars. Like, we're... Where are we in terms of getting back to our cars? This this Spigs have wheels? Can we jump on Spigs? Uh, so... <laughs> go, go, gadget. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, man, I wish. Uh, Spigs kind of, like, rushes out. Like, and you guys quickly grab your stuff and follow, I guess. Um, as he's running out of the place, he quickly hits his um, 
uh, Vialni's wrist and quickly calls like the nearest cab. Cool. Do you want an auto cab or do you want a um, a normal cab? Auto cab is pretty much like a, a robot driving it. Um, uh, everything is recorded. Or there is the normal cabs, which are normal cab drivers, and they can be paid extra not to tell anybody where you went. Get, get an auto cab. What's cheaper? Um, usually the um, the normal cabs are cheaper. Yeah, you just get a normal cab. Whatever's closest. He pings both and goes whatever's Usually closest. they're cheaper if they're pieces of shit cars that break down sometimes. Uh, uh, he pays... He's got to pay the extra money and take the auto car. Shotgun. In about five minutes, the auto cab rocks up and Moss goes to open the passenger seat. There is no passenger seat. Oh... Uh, there are four doors at the each side of the vehicle, none into the front cabin area. In the front cabin, there is a humanoid-esque robot um, holding onto what looks like a steering wheel. It's probably not even a real steering wheel um, because it's it would turn itself. The robot is fixed into the seat and its head turns as you all sit inside of it. Um, and it's sort of like, you know, two chairs facing or two seats facing forward. The robot turns to you guys and says, where would you like to go? Speaks turns his VR on the, the app and then just t- quickly types in the address for the precinct and then said, he clicks send. Brock strip stone shield security center. It is the vehicle takes off. You arrive at the security center and get out it's a large building the big stone shield logo on there and there are security officers walking in and out and getting into cars and driving away or getting out of cars and going inside the building you go into the lobby area and you know there's a desk and people sitting in waiting seats and all that sort of thing uh there is a man at the counter and he's like can i help you uh i'm here to see my my son yeah. Heard he is taken in. Gleam. Gleam Denser. Is that his full name? Gleam's James Denser. Okay. This dwarf at the desk looks through this uh, computer screen. He's swiping left, right. Oh, yeah, we've got a Gleam here. I'll call somebody to take you to him. Are you all going in or is it just you? Can I come? Whatever. Uh, what's what's the, what's the in for? They'll tell you that when you get there. Can't believe you called your kid Gleam. No wonder he turned to a life of crime. <laughs> Spigs. Like full on backhands, moss in the little moss in the face. Excuse me. Didn't didn't I warn you? Don't don't say anything about my family. Can I try to interrupt that? Yeah, you can you can roll to interrupt because I'm do, I'm doing something as well. Go. Yeah. What's it with dexterity? <laughs> You're assaulting a man in a police precinct. Sixteen. All right. Does sixteen beat Spigs's AC? I'm guessing. <laughs> this is pretty funny. Uh, yes, just. So he sees him going, uh, he sees Spigs like reaching back to try and slap him, and he kind of just, like, kind of just pushes his arm backwards a little bit and just pulls down on it. It's just like, calm down, look where you are. Just, just calm down, we'll sort this out. So, as, um, as Spigs took this big swing and took it, these are uh, little drone like things set in the roof they shoot down 
two little tasers. They saw the big violent swing from Spigs, and then they see Gage oh, rush up to grab his arm. Um, so I rolled, um, I rolled a one for Gage. So it doesn't hit you. Um, it hits. Please tell me they both hit Spigs. It hits Spigs, and then my second roll was a twenty, which was for Spigs. And then the second one tases him as well. So, um, Spigs, you get double tased. <laughs> uh, can you roll a constitution save for me, please? Yeah. <laughs> save. Uh, 16 constitution save. Okay, cool. So, um, you know, because of all the times that you've been electrocuted um, when you're building things, they hit you and you're like, and you like withstand it. You pull out these little darts, and like they're, they're these, these little electricity darts are sort of shocking and fizzling in your hands. And you throw them to the ground, and you look at um, Gage and Moss, angry, because that hurt. It hurt big time. I give him a thumbs up. It did uh, six damage. Uh, question. Yep. If you're vulnerable to <laughs> a uh, type of damage, does it do oh. double damage? <laughs> Yes. Spigs collapses to the floor, clutching his chest. <laughs> oh, I thought you were resistant oh, to electric damage. Did he, have, did he have like a pacemaker or something? Oh no. Oh, okay. Spigs is unconscious. What HP? <laughs> Look, with all like with all the times he's been electrocuted. No. 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 Oh man. The, um, it's like Moscow's. Well, um, that was unexpected. Oh man. Okay. So, so is he unconscious? Um, yeah, she's, he's unconscious. <sighs> the security guys, they um, they sort of run over and check his pulse. Gage okay, puts his hands up, like backward, like just straight up, like a step forward, steps backwards, so they can do what they need to do, <laughs> showing that he's not a risk or a threat to anyone else that wants to electrocute him. As you do that, you see that the security officers, there are guys, like security officers pointing pistols at you guys. The dwarf at the counter who's climbed down, he's like, You have to be the stupid bunch of idiots I've ever seen. Who starts a fight in a security center? Who? Who? Cage motions with his finger pointing towards the unconscious guy on the ground. I can see why his son's in trouble. I crouch down and I'm like, like pretending to hide. <laughs> <laughs> the, that dwarf is just staring at you. Yeah, just like I got my hands out, like you know, like on either side, like looking all stealthy. <laughs> all right, so Gage is gonna try and talk us out of this. Look, look, sorry, my friend here just gets a little bit agitated. Don't want any trouble. Happy to go. Just want to find out what's wrong with his son, and his temper's a little hot, and. Don't want any trouble. Still got his hands up. Well, now we have to hold his son for a few more days because no one's here to sign him out. I'll sign him out. I can't just release him to somebody who's not family. We can can go. Well, I'm like family. (laughs) Just because you're crouching doesn't mean you're a dwarf. (laughs) But, yeah, fair enough. We can go get his... We can go get... Um... His wife... And bring, is he okay? Like, and we go get his. Yeah. Okay. The med- medic's like, he's fine. He'll just be out cold, maybe for an hour. <laughs> can I like? 
Can I reach down and try and slap him awake? Yeah. Alright, I like creep up to him. And then I like... Little slappy slap in the face. Like, not hard, just like... Wake up! Spigs! He doesn't wake. Spigs! He's dumbfounded. I scream at him. I'm like, Spigs! He's not... Is he waking up? Alright, so there's two little turrets. Um, <laughs> pick up your, oh, no. your, aggressive, your aggressive yelling and, and, and the slight slapping, and they shoot at you. Um, does, a seven, does, does a 17 hit uh, versus your AC hit? It's the same as my AC. Okay, so if it meets it, it beats it. Um, the other roll, the other little turret is a two that fails. So um, you like lock one with your, your bracer, the other one hits you. Um, doing uh, uh, two, two electric damage. Just like, what did you do that for? And then the dwarf says, because you're yelling and slapping somebody inside a security center. Get out! Get out! <laughs> out! This guy's extremely rude. Who lets this guy on the front desk? It's just like, he's the first thing you see when you walk in here. And he treats me like that. Let's say you guys are out on the street now while, while um, Moss is saying this and you've like... Can I pick up Spigs and carry him out with us? Yeah, you can. I'll just chuck him over my shoulder. <laughs> Alright. So you're walking down the side of the street. Um, do you call another cab? Yeah. Yeah. Um, this cab stuff's starting to get ridiculous. Let's go and... Let's chuck Spigs. Let's go pick up my car. And then take him home. Do you, you guys knew each other before this, right? You know where he lives? Yeah, I know where his shop is. Yeah, right. It's not... I don't know. I actually don't know where we are. Is it far from where we are? Oh, right no, now? it's not far. It's not far. It's actually just around the corner. Yeah, it's not far, man. I think I might just take... Like, I'll just... Hoverboard it? I'll just get on my hoverboard and take him. If you want to go and grab your van and meet me back at his place... Yeah. And then you just... Just send, just send the GPS coordinates. Yeah, man. And then I, like... Put my hoverboard down, skate off. Does it have a weight limit? Yeah, it's not going as fast as it usually does. Um, I, when you go over some some like a uh, crooked cement or um, sh shifted cement, you you get a scratch on the bottom of your board um, as it bumps on the ground. All right, so Cortain and Gage, what are you guys doing? You're just hanging out in the front of this security center now. You see. Uh, Moss, scooch off, <laughs> scooch off with, um, I mean, I'm still back at the safe Oh, house. you're still there. That's right. Sorry. Yeah, no, that's all right. That's all right. I don't want any part of this ridiculousness. Uh, yeah, you knew what was yeah, going to happen. I'm just talking you? to Vastum and, and Scardi, <laughs> um, and just being like, I'd never realized that little Moss was such a dick because they're telling me about what he's done. Did you know that all he did the entire time? was watch TV and eat all <laughs> of our sugar donut cereals. All of it. Every one. We had 18 boxes. 18 boxes. What an asshole. I think, you know... I don't know if he knows that there are other foods. You know, I think you guys... You guys deserve a treat. Just hold on. Um, hopefully it's still there. I go... So I, I walk off. I go to the... Um, downstairs toilet, like the one that's kind of never really used that much because it's kind of just out of the way. Um, 
and the, the, to the toilet's also broken and just hasn't been fixed yet. Uh, yeah, it's clogged and and we need like would have to get the plumbing redone to to get it useful. Anyways, I go to the system and I'm hoping that no one's found this yet. I take off the top of the toilet system and in there, bobbing is a bottle of scotch. Damn it! <laughs> so I I take that out and I bring it up and we we have some scotch together. Awesome. Yeah, they are incredibly happy, especially Scotty. She's like. Cortain, you were the man! The man! You know, I searched far and wide. I searched this place back to front. I knew that somebody would have hidden some scotch or something decent to drink in here, but I could never find it. You, you motherfucker! And she slams down her drink. That's why I, that's why I hit it down in the, the clogged toilet and you wouldn't like the smell. And uh, we'll cut back to Gage. Um, you get, you just go back to your car? Yeah. Yeah. Um, he just, yeah, he just gets an automated cab to his car. Um, also, um, on the way while he's waiting, he looks down and remembers that all his clothes are completely covered in blood. And that he yep. didn't bother to fix it yet. Um, yep. probably not the best idea of all. You were offered new clothes and you were like, nah, I can, I can deal with it later. Yeah. And you never did. Yeah. <laughs> he's like, you should see the other guy. <laughs> So, um, casts, uh, while he's sitting in the car, um, he casts Mending a few times, and um, Mending's a tran transmutation cantrip, so it takes one minute each time, but he basically sits there, and, um, and all his clothes just seem to stitch back together and repair themselves, and, like, the, um, and it actually, like, pushes the blood and it, like the dry blood actually gets pushed to the very top and he can just brush it off and just cleans himself up in the in the auto cab and just leaves all the broken dry blood on the ground the uh once you're done the robot says please sir next time you use an auto cab refrain from using magic in the auto cab thank you he doesn't even acknowledge the robot's existence <laughs> um, and then, uh, yeah, goes goes and gets his car, and then goes to pick up the wife. Speaks his wife. Is actually are, they all, are both cars still there? Yeah, your car's there, and um, Spigs's car is there. Or well, Spigs's truck, I should say. Spigs's truck is there. Is it kind of um, checks the truck? Uh, is it open or anything like no, that? No, but there's some graffiti on the side of it. <laughs> nice. Oh, dicks. <laughs> They didn't touch your car because they probably know what it is and they're like, it'll explode and kill us. Yeah. Is there any kind of, um... Uh, can I use Arcana to try and hack my way into it? Into like, Spig's car? In, in, in Spig's car? Yeah, like use remote access? Yeah. You, try and open it you up. You could use remote access to, to probably drive it home, couldn't you? Yeah, I was... Well, I'm, I probably could, but like trying to drive two cars at the same time might be quite difficult. I was wondering if there You'd any... have to make two driving checks and see how that happens. Yeah. Uh, does any, um, can you do, is there any kind of, um, self-driving automation return home functions within the, within nah, it? Nah, nah. He, he doesn't have <sighs> an auto car. Alright. They're, they're pretty All right. new. Alright, let's do this then. Alright, so he does road access and hooks himself up to the car. I'm going to try to drive both cars back. Because why not? So, you get in your car, um, you, it doesn't start the first time you turn the key. The second time you turn the key, it 
rumbles its normal noise, but then it makes a boop, like a big charging, uh, fiery noise, and then that noise dissipates. Um, yeah, roll roll a driving check for you, and then roll a driving check for your remote access. It's it's uh, driving skill is plus dex plus proficiency plus uh, plus perception plus proficiency. If you got it, perception. Yeah, so perception plus dex, and then plus proficiency if you're proficiency in driving. Okay, so plus three. Okay, so for myself, twenty-one. Can I use uh, Can I use Arcana instead of Dexterity? Nah, you have the, to use... Nah, okay. Yeah, it has to be your reflexes. Intelligence? Alright. Alright. Yep. 13. So, where was the first for one? The, for the van behind me. Uh, 20, 21 oh, yeah. for me driving, yep. and then 13 for the van. Yeah, that's fine. You, um, cool. you make it all the way back to Spiggs' store, because let's say a Moss does send off the GPS location. You pull up out the front with both of the cars. Um, it's a bit like it's really weird driving two vehicles. Um, you go pretty slow, but you, so you get there fine. Um, Moss is and Spigs are inside. So you go inside and you see his wife being like, "What's he done? What's he done?" Ah, oh, no, this is ridiculous. It's all his fault. I was just saying. Well, technically, it's, I don't know who named that child. I don't know who named him Gleam. That's a silly name. Anyway, then he took a swing. That's my grandfather's name. Okay, well, then your great-grandfather was a silly man. (laughs) And, like, your husband needs to watch his temper, you know? He just took a swing in a security precinct. Even I know better than doing that. (sighs) He He also got shot for opening the van and... Oh, he lied to his wife before. That's cold. Oh, Jeff! <laughs> what? What do you mean he got shot? He said, "Don't worry about it." He's. Let's go get your son. We can figure out these domestics later. Well, we're gonna leave him here. I'm gonna close the shop, and we'll go get my son back. She, uh, she leaves, speaks where he is, and she flips over the closed sign on the front of the store. She presses a button and these roller shutters shut down over the windows. She climbs into Spig's truck and she says, oh, I forgot how uncomfortable this thing is. And um, she says, you don't need to come with me. I can just go get him myself. What about... Are you sure? I'm very good at, at working with people. Fine. You can come with me, Harfork, <laughs> since you helped save our shop yeah. that day. Come on. Get in the car. Let's go. Can I ride? Can I ride shotgun? Yes, you can. That's the only seat available. All right. So, get back to the, um, the security center. Gage, Gage shrugs and goes, "Guess I'll go home then." <laughs> and jumps back in his car and leaves. So the um, so Moss, um, you arrive with um, Spig's wife, whose name is Glist. Glist, cool. You arrive. Um, at I'm the security center with Glist. She goes in, she signs some paperwork. You guys go through some halls to like our little holding cell. Her son is there and um, her son Gleam. And the door opens. You found out that he was caught um, picking picking a fight with 
some other dwarves, um, some other dwarf teenagers out on the streets. And uh, they had a brawl and they all got arrested. She says, Gleam, we're going back home and you're going to be, you're going to be cleaning all the grease and all the oil off the floor and all the engines out the back of our shop for two months for this. And he's like, Mom, Mom, I didn't even do anything wrong. It's in our nature to fight, Mom. It's in our blood to fight, Mom. And she says, you're not, you're not an ancient dwarf. You're not, you're not getting that stupid helmet back or that axe. He's like, Mom, they're my possessions. I worked hard to buy them. You walk out into sort of a, a lobby, the lobby area. The uh, the dwarf from the counter passes down a, uh, a crate with a um, like a like a dwarven battle helmet, like two horns on each side, like fur poking out from under the cap. He passes down this this hand axe that has like dwarven runes and stuff carved on it, and he also passes down like a chainmail shirt and thick gauntlets with spikes on the knuckles and he says you shouldn't be running around town with this sort of stuff it's gonna get you into trouble again he turns to the dwarf and he says man it's in our blood it's in our blood to fight we're dwarves and he um you can see the little little um whiskers on his around his mouth and his chin wobble in the wind as he walks out into the uh, out into the street with his mum and she says, "Well, little Moss, uh, thanks, thanks for helping me get this this guy, my son, uh, from the." Uh... Whoa, whoa, whoa! Crazy idea. Yeah. What? Just gonna throw it out there. All right. Just thinking, maybe I could like help him channel some of that energy that he's got. Okay. How? Well, I don't know. Maybe we can just like meet up once a week and I can help him train and teach him some ways of using some of that uh, anger and that energy for good rather than for evil. But dude, I'm a dwarf. For all time we have fought and we fought hard and we fought well and we drink ale and we swing axes. Yeah, and then you got arrested. Yeah. Like an idiot. Well... It's like if you were a good warrior like, you wouldn't let the police take you. You tell them who's boss. <laughs> boss is boss. I can help you. He looks at your, um, your muscles. I'm guessing, like, you know, you sort of tense up and flex a little when you say Moss is boss. Bam. Absolutely. Straight check. He's, he sees your, um, he sees, like, your huge muscles, like, flexing, and he's like, Okay, Moss. All right. Once a week. Uh, come to my, come to my uh, my my parents' shop, and you know what we'll do? We'll train or whatever you want to do. Okay? Yeah, man. Let's do this. I want to I want to get big and muscly also. Yeah, well, I don't think you're ever gonna be this big and muscly. You are a dwarf. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I guess. All right, mum. Let's go. Let's go, mum. Okay. She gets back in the truck and um, Gleam gets back in the truck and he says, See ya, Moss. See you, Gleam. Your name's stupid. My name's actually Gradrum. That's my dwarf name, all right? It's not Gleam. I don't go by that name, okay? 
My parents call me that, but I don't like that. It's okay, that name sucks too, see ya. <laughs> and um, you hear him, like, or you see him pressing some buttons in the car and you hear this, like, this dwarven heavy metal come on uh, in, as the truck drives away and the mum's shaking her head. What a nice boy. I'm not quite sure how that loudmouth little moss is actually going to teach that dwarf boy any manners. We'll just have to see and find out, won't we? Hey guys, thanks for downloading, thanks for listening. We've got some social plugs for you, so sorry, but it's something we've got to do. We have a Facebook page, you can read any news about Beyond the Dice um, at facebook.com slash btdpod um, our instagram's pretty fun we take dnd rpg and nerd slash geek related pictures chuck them up there have a look check them out crux that interdimensional demon bard has a twitter and you can check him out at crux tales he sort of talks weird shit about dnd and multi-universe sort of stuff um, and if you have some time, jump on iTunes and give us a review because that would be super awesome, cool dude thing to do, dude. All right, thanks. And I will catch you next fortnight on Sunday evening for your next episode.